Um, I, I want to speak to you today. We're going to be in the book of 2 Samuel, and um, 2 Samuel chapter 3. Last week I talked about David and how to kill a giant, and I really didn't talk about the giant part as much as I did about um, uh, the process to, to get to kill a giant. How many know that there's a process in all of us that God is working out? We're walking this thing out daily and uh, God is always using everything in our lives to, to help push us forward towards him. How many want to get closer to the Lord? Amen. I want to get closer to the Lord. And so uh, we're going to be in, in 2 Samuel chapter 3 today, uh, verse 1. And uh, just I got one, one scripture here that I'm going to read. And then I'm going to read it out of a different translation in just a second. But that's all right. And I'm going to be reading out of the King James Version. All right, some people in the house said, finally, Pastor, you're reading out of the right version. And uh, um, the King James Version, I'm going to be reading this. It, it simply says this, Second Samuel verse 3, verse 1. It says this, now there was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. But David waxed stronger and stronger. Everyone say stronger and stronger. And the house of Saul waxed what? All right. So look at this. In the, in the New Living Translation, it says it like this. It says, uh, that was the beginning of a long war between those who were loyal to Saul and those who were loyal to David. As time passed, what does wax mean? David became stronger and stronger. That's what that means. He became, while Saul's dynasty became weaker and weaker. So today, I, I want to talk to you on this simple subject of who's Winning the war. Who's winning the war? Everyone look at your neighbor and say, who's winning the war? All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for your word today. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just anoint me, God, Lord, that you would give me strength today. Lord, I need your strength today. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just uh, help, help me, t this body, Lord, to do what it needs to do today, Lord, in this time frame. God, I pray that, that lives would be changed by this word. God, I pray, Lord, that hearts would be moved by the spirit of God. Lord, that we would leave here with an urgency knowing that, God, you are for us and not against us. And, God, we just ask this in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen. amen. So in, in this verse that we read today, we could clearly see a contrast between the house or the kingdom of David and the kingdom of Saul. How many know that, that Saul was anointed king at one point, right? And, and then, then when David, I talked about this a little bit last, last week, when David was about 10 to 12 years old, Samuel came to his house, Jesse, and he said, one of your sons, is, God has told me, is going to be the next king. And so Jesse brings out all his sons except David, and, and God tells Samuel, hey, don't look, at the, or don't look at the outward appearance, but look at the heart. God looks at the heart. Aren't you glad that God doesn't look at our outward appearance, but he looks at our inward appearance, amen? Some of you said, glory to God, I needed that. I need that in my life. And, and, and God chose David that day and um, called him out of, of the field, uh, watching sheep. And God uh, and Samuel anointed him uh, king that day, uh, that he would be king. Now, he didn't automatically become king. Matter of fact, you know the story. He went back, started watching sheep. And for the next seven or so years, he is, he's watching sheep and, going, and goes back and forth to the battle. That's how he gets to, to fight Goliath. And so, uh, you know, that process. But here's what happened. Saul, you know, uh, Saul was the king, and he was killed at Mount Goboa after he sought after a spirit or a medium. He, he went to get some guidance from, from the wrong source. How many know that, that sometimes we try to get advice from the wrong source? 
And God looked down upon that. God cast judgment on Saul, and he was done with Saul and said, I'm done with him. And so Saul died on the battlefield. Not only did Saul die, but his three sons died. That was Jonathan and Abinadab and Malchuzah. And But there was another son that he had named Ishbosheth. Everyone say Ishbosheth. And that was his fourth son. And, and this is what happens. When you're in line and you're the fourth son, and he's about 40, 40 to 42 years old, and when you're in line, guess what? And your dad was the king. That automatically makes you uh, next in line to be king in your eyes, right? And maybe not God's eyes, but that's what, but what he's thinking in his eyes is he thinks that he has the access to the to be the king because he has the lineage. So uh, we know that David was anointed to be king, and there was this long war between David and Ishbosheth uh, to to become king. And so David, David, it's interesting if you read this text. David was ruling over one of the tribes of of Israel, which was Judah. Everyone say Judah. Come on, how many know that we're sitting right smack dab in the middle of Judah, Indiana, right now? And 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 and, and, and while David is ruling over the 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 tribe of Judah, the house of Saul, or Ishbosheth, he is ruling over the eleven tribes. Why, the other eleven tribes? Why are they Why are they scared to let David uh, just just come in and be king? It's interesting because how many of you know that when David was running from Saul, he did some pretty uh, uh, crazy things at times. At one point, he goes to Gath, and he acts like a crazy man because they think they're going to kill him, and he's sitting in Philistine country. Matter of fact, at one point, this Israelite guy who is going to be the, the, the king of Israel goes to the Philistines and starts fighting alongside the Philistines. Come on, somebody, right? And so they're a little bit sketched. They're a little bit worried because they don't know 100% if David is with them or not with them. Uh, and But, you know, how many are grateful for God? God's grace that God can forgive us and that God can make things right. Come on, somebody, right? Amen. And so uh, for seven years, to be exact, Ishbosheth, he plotted against David. That's a long time to have somebody plotting against you and fighting against you. Not only that, but David also had to fight against Saul. Saul tried to kill him multiple times and and and, and circumstances, and David ran, ran. But but how many know that sometimes in the call of God and in the process of God, sometimes, man, the enemy comes along and tries to discourage us and, or sends people or, or whatever the case, it tries to get us off track. Amen? And so God, God declared and God decreed that David was the anointed king by the prophet Samuel. And so these people were, were, were fighting, and, and Ishbosheth, he's jockeying. He's trying to make something. He's trying to put a square peg in a round hole, right? Is that it, or is it the other way around? I don't know how it goes. He's trying to do the wrong thing, okay? And how many know in our lives sometimes we get ahead of God? We try to make things the way that we want them versus the way that God wants them. How many know that God is looking for total surrender in our hearts? Not my will, but thine be done. That's what Jesus said, amen. And so uh, a beautiful thing. So this is a picture, uh, really, if you look at this, this is a picture of, of you, and this is a picture of me when we, when we really think about this. When we invite Christ into our hearts, we say, God, you, I surrender to you. God, I surrender all, right? And we give him our hearts, and we say, Lord, I, I am yours. Lord, you can rule over me. But there's this thing inside of us called our flesh, our carnal man. And it rises up. Come on, somebody, right? How many know the flesh doesn't go easy? 
There's this war going on. The flesh inside of us is, is fighting the things that God is trying to do. What do you mean by that? Well, uh, it's, it's, a true, it's a true battle. It's a, a fleshly battle versus a spiritual man. I, I'll give you some good, good examples of this. Sometimes your flesh does not want to get out of bed to come to church on Sunday. You can say amen, right? Sometimes it's easier to stay home on Wednesday night than it is to come to Bible study. Oh, I can get very many amens on that one. Right? Oh, sometimes it's easier to stay home on Sunday night than it is to come to prayer night. Whew. Sometimes it's easier to watch Netflix than it is to open up your Bible and read a chapter. Right? That's the flesh. The flesh is always in battle with the spiritual man, and that's this battle that we have to recognize that we're in. And so it, it spiritually, Saul, listen, spiritually here, just Saul is a symbol of sin or self. It, Saul, the, the kingdom of Saul is, man, he was all about Saul. He loved him some Saul. He started good, but, man, he, he really turned, and, and it's about sin or self. But David is the symbol of, of, of our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's a beautiful thing. So ultimately there's this war going on with with in my soul and within your soul at any given time of sin and my own self-interest versus what God wants for my life. And it's learning to recognize that this battle is continually. You know what? My flesh makes me want to yell at people when they don't go, when the light turns green. Makes me want to say, what shade of green are you waiting on? Right? Makes me want to say, go! Right? But, but here's the thing. So, so Ishbosheth, now listen, you can look this up for all you people who, who are interested in this. But his name meaning in the Hebrew is actually this. Ishbosheth means the shameful man. The shameful man. The shameful man. How many know that when Adam and Eve, when they, when they sinned in the garden, what did they do? They went and hid themselves because they were naked. And when, when God came in the cool of the evening to talk to them, man, he knew what was going on. And he was looking for them, and they were hiding. He said, who told you you were naked? How did you know this? And he, he called them out. They, were, they felt shame in their life. How many know that when we sin, when we mess up, we, man, we feel shame, we feel guilt, right, in our hearts? Why do we do that? Because Isaiah 64, 6 tells us that our righteousness is as filthy rags. The best thing that I am is still dirty compared to what God has. What do you do with the filthy rag? You either throw it away or you clean up something that's even filthier with it, right? That's what, that's what a filthy rag is good for. Next to nothing, Romans 3.10 says, no one is righteous, no, not one. So I don't care. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, get off your pedestal. You aren't perfect. All right, some of you wives just really got your husbands right there. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I love this in Romans chapter 7. Paul, he writes this out, and he, he says this in, in 7.18. He says, for I know that nothing good dwells in me. That is, in my what? In my flesh, there is nothing. Paul understood something. My flesh is, is the worst thing a part, part of me. And for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. Come on, how many know that is, that is true right there? I want to do what's right, but, man, when the time comes, I blow it. Paul's saying right here, for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. That's a whole lot of doing, right? Verse 20, now if I do what I do not want, 
it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I, I you know, I, I cannot seem to get, get it right in my life. I find myself this, an Ishbosheth, a shameful man. So let's let's do a little contrast here. David's name actually means this, beloved or friend. Everyone say beloved. Everyone say a friend. How many like a good friend? How many like it when somebody sticks with you through the thick times and through the good times and through the bad times? I, I, love, I love a friend. And, uh, uh, that's why uh, when we come to accept Christ in our hearts, guess what? We are his beloved. He loves us. He cares about us. We are brought into relationship with Jesus anew. We are no longer orphans, but we are sons and daughters of the Most High. Come on, somebody. Isaiah uh, chapter 1, verse 18 says, Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be what? White as snow. There is a fountain, right? Amen. So, so aren't you glad? Aren't you glad for the atoning blood of Jesus Christ that makes sinners a beloved, that makes sinners a friend, uh, uh, makes sinners sons and daughters of the Most High, a loved person, John 3, 16, for, for God so loved the world that he what? Gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have what? There's love and there's purpose for you. I, I am a loved person because of Christ. God's plan is for is is for you. Can I tell you something? God's plan is for you. He is he is with you. He loves you. He wants to see you succeed in your spiritual walk and not trip every week when you leave this building. So this is what I know. My fleshly desires lead me in the wrong direction. I'll give you another good example. You know, about every week I start a new diet. I started a diet last week. Before I got sick and I couldn't get enough to eat on that one, so I went on two. It's a joke. That's a joke, two diets. Okay, all right. I'll stop with the jokes. You know, when I think of a diet, this is, listen, this week, you know, I was trying to eat better. I was sick, but I was still trying to eat better, trying to do, that's probably why I was sick. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, But, come on, somebody, right? Uh, uh, But, this week, Tristan made some brownies, and I was like, I should not eat these brownies. But there was something about the temptation of walking by the pan of brownies with the walnuts on them. Come on, somebody. You say, I don't like walnuts on my brownies. Well, you'll be saved one day, all right? But, 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 and, and, there were, and they just looked so good, and I finally, finally had to go get me a brownie because guess what? My, my flesh got the best of me, right? And that's what that's what happens in, in our lives. I, you know, our fleshly desires sometimes lead us, uh, they lead us in the wrong direction. And I oftentimes walk in the flesh and not in the spirit. You hear me talk about this an awful lot in, in Scripture, right? Uh, but God has not called me to, to walk in control of my flesh or my worldly desires. Do you know that God has given you an overcoming spirit over those things and sins and temptations? Come on, somebody, right? You often feel like you deal with the same fleshly desires over and over and over and over and over and over again. You can't get freedom from them. I, I, I'll tell you this. It's, it's a long war, but sometimes, man, here's the, here's the deal. It's just like I read in our text. It's a long war sometimes, right? And sometimes Ishbosheth is fighting and David, and there's this long war going on. But sometimes this is how we fight our battles spiritually. All right, flesh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you under subjection, but I'm going to do it without my Bible. 
I'm going to do it without accountability. We get in this battle, and what should have been a quick battle that we could overcome, that God has given us everything that we need to succeed. Come on, somebody, right? It, what happens is we end up tripping on ourselves. We fall at our flesh, and we, and, and we fail, amen? And we've learned, some, some of us have taken this thing, and it should have been a quick, you know, like a desert storm type of war where it was like done in, a, in, in like weeks. But no, no, we've turned it into an Afghanistan, or we've turned it into a Vietnam where we're not really fighting this thing to win this thing. Come on, somebody, right? And we got our hands tied behind us instead of focus on it. So here's a good example. The children of Israel, they crossed the Red Sea. And, 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 and you know, what should have been a simple, you know, the scholars tell us what should have been a simple 11-day journey by foot took them how many years? 40 years. It's amazing, right? It's amazing when you think about it. Okay, so I'll give you, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. What if God, what if God would have said, "Hey, I need to just keep them out here for a year, just for to, to get them ready so they can go to the next step." I'll give you even that a year, you know, to to get to learn their faithfulness, to give them the tabernacle, and to help them. But here's the thing: their fleshly desires, come on, their fleshly desires got in the way of what God was trying to do. How many know that we're just as stubborn? As the children of Israel, God's making a way, and we are just fighting him hand, hand and foot with our flesh. So, so you might feel like, hey, Ishbosheth or yourself or your shameful man is, is wreaking havoc on you. The, the David, the spiritual, the beloved, but rest assured, the house of David, listen, what did our text say? The house of David is growing what? Stronger and stronger. And the house of Saul is growing what? Weaker and stronger. Weaker. So I, I'm just going to just talk to you a little bit more on this process, this thing of growth in the Lord. You know, sometimes the Lord does things really fast, and sometimes it's a slow process to get us to where he wants us to be. So here's the first thing. If, you, if you're a note taker, you can write this down. This is the first thing that we have to do right here is abstain. Everyone say abstain. Abstain from sin. What is that? Worldly desires. I like this. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11, it says this. Beloved, I urge you as what? Sojourners and exiles to what? To what? From what? The passions of the what? Of the flesh, which what? Woo! Come on, Peter. He coming out swinging. The things of your fleshly desires, they are waging war against you spiritually. They are beating you back. And what does Peter say? How do you deal with those? Get away from them. Get them out of your life. Abstain means to refrain. It means to stop, to stop sitting, to pu stop putting yourself in a place where those worldly desires can pull at you, that, they're, that they'll continue to wage war against your soul. Oh, so many times I've seen so many people, good intended people, it's like, oh, I'm going to go love on people in the, in, the, in the worst places. And I've seen people that were on fire for God. I, I can give you a good example. I had a, a young friend. He's like, man, I want to love on people. I want to lead people to Jesus. I said, that's great. Listen, right now, buddy, I'm going to tell you, you need to get a little bit more grounded before you, you start going out and witnessing in the places that you want to go with. He said, I'm going to go to the bars, and I'm going to start witnessing to people. And I said, buddy, I, listen, you need to make sure that you are grounded in your faith, that you know 
know what you're doing. And listen, in just a short process, he got around and his flesh got a hold of him and he found himself uh, being bound by things that he wasn't bound by before. It's this fleshly and, and they are waging war against your soul. So what are worldly desires or what are fleshly desires? Paul says it like this in Galatians. Uh, this is amazing. Galatians 5.19 says this. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Here's the results. Hey, this is a litmus test for if you're, if you're following your fleshly desires right here. Is this is sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Whoo, that's a big list. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living this sort of life will not what? Whoo, Peter and Paul coming out boxing today. Listen, the flesh, the flesh, Paul and Peter in strong agreement they, that these very things are catastrophic to your soul. We should have no part of them. But some of us, man, we just want to walk the line. Hey, hey, the line's right here. God's grace is right here. I'm going to get as close to it as I can. And listen, the enemy knows, man, when we're, when we're right there. He knows our weaknesses. And, and these are, are, are uh, you know, in our, when we start, these things start really small, but then they, they just get us. And the next thing we know, we're on our back. We're like, how did I get here? Right? How did I get to this place? How am I bound? Can I tell you something? Not everything in this world uh, is, is that is bad is, is not a sin, right? But not everything in this world is beneficial to you spiritually. Let me say that again. Not everything in this world is a sin, but not everything is beneficiary, beneficial. <laughs> I can't say it. It's not beneficial to you, right? I'll try to say it again here in a minute. Just give me a second. Not everything in this world is bad, but everything in the world is not beneficial to you spiritually. Let me give you a good example right here. How about the news? It's not it's not bad. Well, yeah, it's always bad. But but listen, you know, you can watch the news, but it's not beneficial to you sometimes spiritually because sometimes it makes you depressed and sometimes it gets you mad and sometimes you get angry and some and all these things and, and all your emotions. You find yourself, man, sometimes you need to even, oh, come on, I'm going to step on some toes. Sometimes you need to even turn off the AM radio, come on, all the talk radio, come on, all that. And listen, and get your mind set on things that are about. We're sojourners. We are pilgrims is what Peter said. Hey, we're going through this land. Don't focus all your attention on things that are happening here. Hey, stay informed. I get I get that. Here's another one. How about this? This is not necessarily a sin, but a busy schedule. Come on. Right? Oh, busy schedules are just as bad because, listen, the enemy, all he needs to do, he just wants you to get you out of, out of the race. I just want to distract you. I don't have to get you necessarily in sin. I just got to get you busy, right? Listen, as a pastor, I can tell you one of the things that I have to stop and constantly do is sometimes I'm busy, 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 busy doing the Lord's work that I am forgetting that I need to have a relationship with the one that I'm doing the work for. Come on. I'm just being real, right? And so if Satan can, can make you, uh, if he can't make you bad, he'll make you busy is what Adrian Rogers says. I, I asked my, my friend, I, my pastor friend while I was in California, he just pioneered a church. I think it's like right at three or four years old. And, and, uh, and I asked him, I said, what, what is one of the toughest things that you deal with in your church right now? And they're doing, they're doing really well. And he said, honestly, he said, my biggest thing right now is this, is traveling baseball. 
traveling baseball. He goes, I have people in my church whose kids play traveling baseball. And he goes, and the priority is baseball over church. Why do we do that? Listen, I'm, there's nothing wrong with baseball. Come on, there's nothing wrong with baseball. Uh, but listen, you have to set a standard in your, your, your kid's life. Listen, I understand you want them to be an MLB player. I understand you want them to do these great things. I understand you want to give, give them scholarships. But what about their eternal uh, life with Jesus Christ? What about their soul? Isn't that more important than them hitting a ball? Come on, somebody, right? I know I'm picking on, I know you may say, oh, you're picking on me, Pastor. Listen, my son, Wyatt, played uh, travel baseball. And one of the stipulations, that I gave them so many stipulations for him to play baseball. I said, number one, we can't pay the high fee that you do. They said, well, he's so good that we, we'll, we'll, we'll help you do that. I said, okay. So we, we did that. I, and they said, well, once a month or once a month we'll do a tournament on a weekend and we'll play either on a Friday or Saturday. And then, and then sometimes it carries over into Sunday. I said, you can have him on Friday. You can have him on, on Saturday. But you ain't getting him on Sunday because we, uh, me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. We are going to be in the house of the Lord somewhere, listen, because his soul is worth more than his ability to play ball. I know, I know, I know. You're getting down where the, it's getting nitty-gritty, Pastor. That's what, I know it. So, But Peter is reminding us that, that, that we're, we're only passing through this world. And he's saying, don't assimilate to its patterns. And Paul says it like this in Romans 12, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Think on things that are higher. Abstain from sin. Walk away from fleshly desires. Amen. I'll give you this, and then I'll move to my next point. Instead of using I'm human as an excuse to walk into the flesh, try using I'm saved because I'm walking in the Spirit of God. Amen. Here's number two right here. Remain. Everyone say remain. Remain. And remain in green pasture. So, uh, you know, I, I, love, I love Psalms 23, and it's some beautiful imagery, right? God has given all we need to succeed in this spiritual walk. And we have the Bible. We have, the, we have prayer. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the church. We have other believers around us rooting us on. Then why often do we fail so much in our flesh? Why? Uh, because a lot of us, you know, we fail to do certain things. We, we have to remain in his words. Look at this, Psalms 23, 1 through 3, it says this, The Lord is my shepherd, what I shall not want. What does God do? He makes me, what, lie down and what? He leads me besides what? He what? Woo! He leadeth me in the paths of what? Righteousness. That means that my feet are on a sure foundation, not walking the desires of the flesh in, in, in righteousness. Man, that, that's a beautiful thing. So notice the good shepherd, he leads, he guides, he restores, and he even leads us down the right path. So Hebrews tells us this, that the word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword, right? We understand that the word of God cuts us. But listen, how often do we neglect this very thing that is a powerful tool in our walk with the Lord? Say, I'm having trouble with this area in my flesh. Get the word of God in your heart. Get into the word of God and it will help you overcome those things. Amen. Psalms 119, 9 through 11 says, how can a young person stay pure? Listen to me, young people. How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. By obeying this word. I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. Verse 11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not, what, sin against you. You know why we run to sin? Because we don't know his word. We don't have it buried in our hearts. See, the carnal man 
Uh, you see, some, some people are carnal and they know the word of God, right? They got it in their head. But there's a difference in having the word of God here and having the word of God here. Right? We can have it. We can have all the head knowledge in the world. But listen, if it's not deep down and penetrating our hearts, the devil's going to come along. The flesh is going to come along. And it's going to just knock us over. So we, we need the word in our ears to hear the word of God. We need the word in our minds to understand the word of God. We need the word in our hearts to believe the word of God. We need the word of God in our mouths to speak the word of God. And that's what Jesus did when he was tempted in the desert, right? devil came along and tempted him three times, and how did he send him scooting with the word of God? Remain. Here's another one. Remain in the Holy Spirit. You've heard me talk about this. Say, Pastor, this sounds like a broken record. I Listen, until you get it, I'm going to keep preaching it. Listen, remain in the Holy Spirit. When, when we learn to listen to the Holy Spirit, he, he is the one who guides us. And I talked about this. And he's the one who directs us. But uh, like a shepherd, he is guiding us. He's saying, come on, I'm going to pull you out of that lifestyle. I want to pull you away from those things. I want you to be an overcomer. But Galatians 5, 16, 17 says this. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Oh, let me read that again. So I say, let the what? Let him do what? Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. I keep doing the same sin. Let the Holy Spirit guide your life and you won't. Come on. Sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us the desires that are opposite of what our sinful nature desires are. These are two forces that are constantly fighting each other. Come on, somebody, right? And so, so uh, you're, you are not free to carry out your good intentions. So the Spirit is directing our lives to help us overcome the flesh. Amen? We've got to learn to listen to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. We've got to learn to listen to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. Because here's what happens. We're in a long, long war, Ishbosheth, with a shameful man with our flesh. And we are in this battle. And the Holy Spirit's nudging us and saying, come on, you can win this battle. You can face this temptation. You can walk away from this. You've got this. Oh, it reminds me of the story of, uh, you know, my, my, I had a, my favorite dog that we ever had. His name was Cecil. And he's a great Dane. Well, he's passed away. Uh, uh, but he, he was a great Dane. And I, I love Cecil. Uh, don't tell my dog. Go ahead. Tell my dog now. I don't care if he knows. Um, but, but I love Cecil. We have, now we have Oscar. We always name our dogs older gentlemen's names, Cecil and Oscar. I don't know. If that's your name? God bless you. You're a young person. All right. But, but Cecil, uh, we had him. And he was a, a great Dane. And I'll never forget, we took him to the park. And this is, this is what happens. This is like the flesh. We took him to the park. And we had him on the leash. And, and there were some people there that had a, a, a little, uh, whoo, come on, a little wiener dog. Come on. Uh, how many of you guys got wiener dogs? Right, all right, little little wiener dogs. They, man, they bark at everything. Man, you would think they were the biggest dogs in the world. You know, uh, and 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 so the dog meets our Great Dane on uh, there, and and our Great Dane standing this tall. The wiener dogs down there just, and my my Great Dane's looking at him like this. He's just tilting his head at him, and the dog's just barking and barking. And finally, the Great Dane, our Great Dane, he just goes. Stop. Stop your yapping. Be quiet. Stop it. And the little dog went rolling, and I said, I'm so sorry. I didn't know my dog was going to do that. I had no clue. 
It was just, but that's the way we are. We are overcomers by the word of God. We are overcomers by the spirit of God. And we have this thing within us. When the enemy comes along, when the flesh comes along, starts barking at us, rah, 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 rah. you know what we need to do? Hey, this is what the word of God says. This is what the Holy Spirit says. Get out of here. Amen. Galatians 5, 24, 25 says, those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have nailed their passions and their desires of their sinful nature to the cross. You ought, to, you, ought to, you ought to circle that verse. Because if you're saved, that tells me that your old desires should stay on that cross. You shouldn't be trying to walk a line. Well, you know, it's okay if I did it. No, 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 no. God's grace is, is, is to give us freedom from sin, not to give us a license to sin. Come on, somebody. Oh, so uh, I know it's quiet in here today. Verse 25, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Amen. How many want to do that today? Amen. Here's the last one. I'm going to ask the musicians to come is this. He will sustain you. Everyone say sustain. Sustain you. To provide what is needed for someone to continue. That's what that means, to sustain. I, when I abstain from sin and I remain in his word and, and I follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, I then can be confident that God will sustain me. Some of you are in the battle of your life right now. Some of you are in a, in a place where you need God to sustain you, where you need God to uphold you, where you need God to keep you. He, he will sustain me in the battle uh, when, when I'm tired, and, and it seems like it's never ending. God will be there, and he'll, he'll sustain me. Look at, look at this, Psalms 20, uh, 73, 26, it says this, my flesh and my heart may fail. Listen, my flesh and my heart may fail, but look at this, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. That's declaring his word over, over me. It's him who will sustain you. Uh, I, listen, I know some of you are tired today. I know some of you have been in battles. Some of you have had situations that have you surrounded right now. Some of you feel like Ishbosheth is warring against you, that he is fighting against you. Can I tell you something? The, the, the house of David is rising and getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. Don't let Ishbosheth come and and tell you that you're getting weaker and weaker and weaker, and you tell him, I am an overcomer because I, I, by the Lamb of God, come on, by the blood of the Lamb, I am free from sin because of what Jesus did for me. I have been made whole because of Jesus Christ. Come on, some of you need to tell the devil that. I know that's not, I know this is not super fancy preaching, but, but listen, it, it is, man, it is tight and it is right. Because I know we have a lot of young Christians in here, and I know we have a lot of people. You're dealing with things of the flesh. And listen to me today. You need to nail those things to the cross and say, hey, I am made new. I am a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, all things are new. I don't talk like I used to. I don't walk like I used to. I don't do the things I used to because I am a child of God. He set me free. Amen. Listen, some of you are in the battle of your life. Look at this. Philippians 1, 6 says this. And I'm certain that God who began to do a, a good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. How many believe that God's still working on you? Thank you for the two of you that think that God's still working. How many believe that God's still working on you, right? Come on, somebody. How many are grateful for that? 
He started this process on you, and he will continue that process until Jesus returns and everything's made right. Come on, right? Oh, I'll give you this illustration, and I'll let you go. There's this uh, uh, Chinese bamboo tree, and, it, and, and it's an interesting tree. And it's a, it, it, they take these three-inch sprigs or, or sprouts, or I don't know what they are, just a little bamboo shoot. That's probably what it is, a shoot. And they put them in the ground, and, and they plant them, and they water them. And I think a week goes by. They come by, and they look at them, and nothing's happened. A month goes by, and nothing happened. Six months comes by, and nothing's happened. A year goes by, and nothing's happened. A year and a half, two years, three years, four years, four and a half years. How many know that's a long time to wait? Five years goes by. And listen, listen, this is interesting. It takes five years and within five years, there's a 90-day period in the fifth year that these bamboo shoots, check this out, they grow 75 feet in 90 days. I'm told that when this happens, that you can actually be there and look at them and see them growing and hear them stretching and grow. That's incredible. And here's the thing. A lot of us right now, you feel like you're just a bamboo shoot and you feel like God's forgotten you. You feel like that nothing's happening. You feel like I'm watering with the word. I'm not growing. And this and this is what happens. What The, the process, there's this process with this. Why, why so long? Because when you can't see what's happening up on the top, there's something that's happening at the bottom with this bamboo shoot. Well, it is preparing itself for five years for this exponential growth. And the root process of this bamboo shoot begins to grow out and it begins to expand. So when it starts to grow on that fifth year and it goes up really fast, guess what? It can sustain itself. How many know that God wants us to sustain you today? Amen? 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 It's the same with us. It's the same with us. We may not see the results as quickly as we, as we want, but, but under the surface, our roots are growing. We, we may not see it with our own eyes, but God is working on us, and he's helping us. 2 Samuel 3.1 says, as time passed, David became stronger and stronger while Saul's dynasty became weaker and weaker. And today, I want to encourage you. I don't know where you're at in your walk with the Lord. Some of you, you need to be reminded that you're growing stronger and stronger. And Ishbosheth, the shameful man, hey, you just need to tell him where to go and just tell him to leave you alone. Amen. Will you bow your heads with me all across this building? Lord, I thank you for this word today, God. Who's winning the war? Who's winning the war? Who's winning the war? Who's winning the war of your flesh? Who's winning the, the war? Of, uh, you know, maybe you're here and you say, hey, pastor, that's me. My, my flesh has got me. Maybe you're here today and you say, hey, I, I, need, I need to know the atoning blood of Jesus Christ. If you're here today and say, hey, pastor, that's me. I, I need to know Jesus Christ. I, I, need to, I need to come under... I need to come in relationship with him. I, I need to make things right today. If, that, if that's you, would you just lift up your hand? Nobody, nobody looking just in this moment, just for a moment as we wait. It's Terry, just a moment. Amen. Anybody in this building? All right, if you're here today and you say, hey, Pastor. 
it's been a long war. It's been a long battle. But I feel like the flesh is just, my flesh is getting the best of me. I try to do right. I fail. I make mistakes. Can I tell you today that the grace of Jesus is there for you? Listen. And not only is the blood of Jesus there for you, but it could set you free and make you an overcomer today. If you're here and you say, Pastor, that's that's me. Pastor, that's me. <laughs> so I, I need to I need to get my, my flesh under subjection. It's winning this battle, and it shouldn't be winning this battle. I and I need Jesus to help me today. If that's you, would you just do me a favor? Would you just lift your hand? Nobody looking around. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Will you stand with me all across this building? Hands everywhere. Will you just stretch your hands up? And we're going to pray for those who are dealing with maybe issues of the flesh, issues of the heart today. God, I pray right now, Lord, in this place, Lord, that your spirit I pray, Lord, that your spirit, Lord, would just help us, Lord, in this place right now. God, I pray, Lord, those that are dealing with fleshly desires and fleshly issues of the heart today, God, I pray, Lord, that they would come under subjection under the spirit of God, under the word of God. God, those who are struggling in their minds and their and their hearts, God, who feel like a shameful man, Ishbosheth, has been speaking in their ear and telling them that, that they're not going to make it. But, God, you have a divine call. God, you have a divine purpose, God, in, in your people. And, God, it doesn't matter what man says. It doesn't matter what the flesh says. What matters is what you say. Lord, we come under submission to what you say. God, we surrender our hearts to you. Lord, we love you today. God, we thank you, Lord. God, I pray, Lord, that this word, Lord, would transform our hearts and transform our minds. Lord, that you would just lead us and guide us, God, like only you can. In the name of Jesus, we worship you today. Can you stretch your hand?